Fast First point guard and Trail Blazers reporter Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making this show your first listen. Free on all platforms, coming at you Monday through Friday, every single weekday. Make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. It's All-Star Weekend, baby. I'm recording this Sunday evening after the festivities wrapped up in Salt Lake City. And if you are a millionaire who played in the game, you are on a private jet somewhere warm. If you are not, you are listening to the sweet sounds of Lockdown Blazers, and I appreciate you. If you are both, weirdo. <laughs> if you are a millionaire on a private jet flying somewhere warm listening to this, get a you know, t- take a break, take some time, take some time off work, you weirdo. In any case, let's celebrate, not in any case, specifically in the case that you are not one of those millionaires, let's celebrate All-Star Weekend. Damian Lillard had himself a nice, a nice little trip back to Utah where he spent his collegiate career. He repped Weber State. He won the, uh, won the three-point shootout, got busy in the second half, specifically the third quarter of the All-Star game. And probably solidified himself as one of the great shooters in the history of the league. Nice little weekend for your boy Dame. I want to talk about that. Talk about the All-Star game. Talk about the three-point shootout. And then um, just a a moment of reflection of what the All-Star game means. It's a rare chance for us to stop midstream and appreciate legacies and appreciate uh, kind of um, pause and take stock of what of what players have accomplished without obsessing over wins and losses and tanking for Victor Wembanyama and all of those things. So let's start with the basketball game. On Sunday night, the NBA plays its showcase, its midseason showcase, where the best players in the game get out there and play something that is similar to basketball. It is certainly not an NBA basketball game, but it is something that is similar to basketball. The rules are generally similar. Um, the, the scoring style is similar to basketball, but I'm not sure this is a basketball game. It's not an NBA game for sure. It's, it's just a, it's, a scrimmage might be an overstatement for what it is. It's like a, it's like a shooting contest with some cardio. It's, it's straight up bad. Um, it's let's let's. I, that's really my takeaway from this: is that the All Star Game needs needs help. In past seasons, they kind of fixed it to make it better. This year, it wasn't any good. But I thought Damian Lillard might still win MVP. <laughs> I thought he still might win MVP of this weird game. Um, and, and quite frankly, my tune would be a little bit different because like, I got host locked on Blazers. But I would still feel the same way about the basketball game. I would just be, um, what's the word? I would be lying up front. <laughs> I'd be lying up front, but I don't have to lie because Damian Lillard didn't win the All-Star Game MVP. That went to Jason Tatum, who scored 55 points, an NBA record for points in an All-Star Game because the, the game has become so stupid. It's become so stupid that you can score 55 points against the best players in the world. It's so dumb. But before we got to the dumb part of the game, they really the the sort of like production of the game this year for the first time had a, a draft where they drafted the rosters. First they drafted the reserves and they drafted the starters. It was a way to, to not have that last picked feeling. But everyone in the world is knows that Jaron Jackson Jr. was the last dude who was picked in the All-Star game. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows Lowry Markkinen was the last starter picked. Um, both of those guys get the you know they, they get the title last last dude picked. Big just like you know it's it's. Um, it is what it is in the All-Star game. I wish Rudy Gobert had been there to be picks last in Utah. It would have been really special. Um, Damian Lillard was the first reserve picked. 
picked. Giannis Antetokounmpo took him as the first reserve picked. It makes sense. James killing it like he has an outside chance to win the scoring title this year. Uh, you know, one of the one of the top scorers in the league this year. He's been on an absolute tear. He's he's just he's still one of the best players in the league, and and he was treated as such the first first reserve pick, first reserve picked. Um, and I really thought Dame still had a chance to win MVP. So did the odds makers. FanDuel had him as the second, the second shortest odds to win MVP heading into the um, heading into the game. Uh, well, on when I first looked on Thursday, he was like the fourth shortest. But on Saturday, heading into heading into Sunday's games, and on Sunday morning, FanDuel had him as the second shortest odds to win MVP. They they liked they liked Dame's chances. They also liked LeBron James's chances as chances as well. Uh, turns out it was Jason Tatum, but but. Dame just, he, he started one of seven and that kind of sunk him that kind of, when he missed, you know, he hits a shot early and it's like, here he goes taking a 35 footer. And then he, he, he shot like an air ball and a, and a, another one that barely grazed the rim in the net. Um, you know, uh, and he, he started one of seven, he was three of 10 in the first half. And I was like, well, that's that the game wasn't particularly competitive. Um, and then in the third quarter, his team got going, he had 14. But Jason Tatum went nuts. Like Jason Tatum had 34 in the second half, um, and and that was your ball game. Dame finishes with 26 points, three boards, four assists, and three steals. The box score doesn't matter. The fun part about Dame's box score is that he made one layup, and then he took 23 pointers. He was eight of 20 from three, and he made a layup. Um, the takeaway from this is like the league needs to figure out how to incentivize these gentlemen to play hard. There was a time, and I am not even old enough to really remember this. Even the like All-Star games of my youth in the late 90s were more competitive than this. The All-Star games of the middle 2000s were, were more competitive than what has become now when guys are allowed to walk into three-pointers and trot into layups and dunks for two and a half hours. And, and in the past, the game has gotten close, and then there's a target score in the fourth quarter, and they've kind of figured out how to make the fourth quarter count. They didn't have that this year. The fourth quarter also stunk. The fourth quarter was also nonsense. There was no point when it felt like they were playing an NBA basketball game. They have to figure out how to incentivize this. The way to incentivize it is to not tie it to, not Major League Baseball it, and tie it to, like, have it some meaning in the regular season or have it be anything else. The way to incentivize it is for LeBron James and Giannis Antetokounmpo to walk into the locker room prior to the game starting and saying, I am going to play defense follow my lead it has to be the gentleman in the locker room taking having some pride because the league can't legislate like even if the league does a target score for every quarter you get like a you get something that is more competitive but it's not quite still not quite there i mean this year they find that they killed elam ending couldn't even save save this game from being competitive they it has to start with the gentleman in the locker room one of the things that bums me out is like all of the stupid tropes about millennials and like my generation of humans um with participation trophies and not being competitive and being soft that stuff is that's that's what this all-star game looks like it looks like all of the things that older people say about millennials it, it like sh shout out to, shout out to the boomer generation because they seem right when when this all-star game happens that's like the corniest take like i don't even mean that but like what i mean is that the game sucks and that i really like basketball and i don't want the game to suck and I think it has to, it has to just be a pride thing that happens in the locker room. Adam Silver can't fix this. Adam Silver's not coming out there to fix this. Um, I don't, I don't even think some sort of like magic, like this matters for charity. Um, every quarter, blah blah blah, matters now. And and this and uh, like, 
it has to be Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown not saying we're going to play four possessions of def- a real defense one-on-one, but all the time playing something that looks like basketball. The other side of this is just like we have incentivized winning so much in the league that like getting hurt or whatever in the all-star game is like everyone's nightmare. So like some guys are legitimately just like, I, there is too much that matters in March and April and May for my team that I just, I can't go. LeBron James is like the only dude who's kind of playing defense, but he wasn't playing defense. He was just doing like going for chase down blocks, going for highlight defense. And he went for one and jammed his pinky in the rim. He kept playing for a little bit, but then didn't come out after an incredibly long halftime ceremony, uh, which included a cool musical performance from Burna Boy. Um, shout out to Burna Boy. That was pretty good. But like, it's a forever halftime show. And then LeBron comes out and he's like, yeah, my hand hurts. Like I'm not playing any more basketball. It just stays out for precautionary reasons. Everyone's nightmare is that like the best player of his generation gets hurt in an exhibition game that doesn't matter. But I do think there is a way to like, just have these dudes play a little bit harder, have it be a little bit more meaningful and fix the game. It's up to the players to fix the game because it stinks right now. I'm a basketball junkie. I love this stuff. And it, it stinks. It's bad. It's really bad. And this generation of player has let it be, let it get to this point where it's really, really bad. And it's just, it's not NBA basketball. But Dame was fun. He was fun. Um, he, he, he was bad early, but he got going a little bit in the third quarter. He made a shot from behind half court where the, the net barely moved. Um, he hit the game winner. It's like, it's like not even game winner. He hit the game ender. Like everyone on the team was just taking deep three pointers. He was the one who finally made it. He has now ended two all-star games with deep three pointers in these Elam ending scenarios. Um, cool. Cool. It's becoming his, sig- becoming his signature move. Dame was a bunch of fun, and he was more fun in the three-point contest. Um, that's what we'll talk about in the second segment. But first, got to give out a little hardware. And Damian Lord is our Nissan Most Electric Player of the Week, brought to you by the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. Damian Lord earns it because he won the three-point contest on Saturday night. He had some moments, albeit not as many as we might have liked on Sunday night in the All-Star game. He was electric. He was brilliantly fierce, elegantly powerful, just like the 2023 Nissan Aria that packs pin-to-your-seat power and premium intelligence all in one EV, the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. All right. On Saturday night, Damian Lord made his claim to be one of the greatest shooters in the history of the sport. Quietly, and and by quietly I mean that figuratively because he's been saying it out loud with his speaking voice. Damian Lord's been telling everyone all season that he thinks he should be considered the second greatest shooter in the history of the sport. He did it on the road sometime in... I forget when it was, but December earlier this year, it was like a post-game locker room and somebody asked him about it and he said like, behind Steph Curry, when you are mentioning names, you need to mention my name. And I, I think when it's all said and done, that's kind of how we'll appreciate Dame. There was time early in Dame's career, like he's had a season where he shot under 35% from three. Um, Steph Curry's never really had that. Clay Thompson's never really had that. But the post-2018 Damian Lillard, who shoots at volume and shoots close to 40% and sort of reinvented how far away you're allowed to shoot from the basket, that Damian Lillard, who we see now, that Damian Lillard is one of the greatest shooters of all time. And I think by the time his career ends with the volume and and kind of what the 
after those first three, four years of his career, like what he's really, really become, he is going to be very clearly one of the great shooters of all time. And to become one of the great shooters of all time, one of the things you need to add to your resume is winning a three-point contest. I don't think it really matters. Like, like I don't think it really matters. Um, you know, like... Craig Hodges won three of them. I don't think a lot of people are like, well, Craig Hodges, one of the great shooters of all time. But like, if you are talking about this era, the three-point era, which will be all of the names that you mentioned, like people are going to mention, like, um, you know, Steve Kerr should always be in the conversation because if he played in an era when volume was a little bit different, he would be, it would be very interesting to see what Steve Kerr shot like. But he's, you know, he's truly one of the great shooters in the history of the league. Uh, you know, and there are sort of like, what would Jerry West have been like? It's kind of, an, it's, it's like, um, it's curious. What would Pete Maravich have been like? A dude who could bomb from all over. What, what would have like any number of these dudes who like um, shot mid-range jumpers because that that's what you did in the 70s if you just shot uh, 22 footers like you do now. I, I think like it would change. So the era, comparing eras with the stuff is different. So all of the greatest three-point shooters of all time are all going to be 21st century dudes. They're all going to be like post-2010 guys. Um, that's just that's just how it's going to be. Um, and Dame deserves absolutely 100% deserves to be in that conversation. 100% deserves to be in that conversation. But now he's got the trophy to say, yeah, don't mess, don't, don't mess around. I've been there. You, you, you know, he's been in two three point contests prior to this. He didn't even make the finals in either of them. And he mentioned after uh, on Saturday evening that he didn't, he kind of shot lazy in those games. Not that he didn't try just so that like, it's a high level competition. You got to dial in your form. If you want to win, he's the best shooters in the world. Focus, dial in your form, shoot with good form. Don't shoot with lazy form. You can win the, win the competition like Dame did on Saturday nights. He was a ton of fun. He had 26 in round one. He shot last or shot late in the round. He needed to beat Jason Tatum's 21 to advance. He hits 26 and got hot late in his round to make sure he would do so. Finished with the second most points in round one uh, behind Tyrese Halliburton, who had 31, and Buddy Heald, who had 23. Two Indiana Pacers or uh, advance uh, to, to the final round. And in round two, uh, Buddy Heald had to go first because he had the fewest points. He set a mark of 25. Damian Lillard came in and had 26, but he had to hit his last four to get there, and it was a bunch of fun. He gets to the final rack. It's in the corner. He misses the first one on the final rack, and it's like, okay, he's got to make all of them, and he does. Two, three, four, and the money ball to win it. Tap your wrist. Damian Lillard is the champion. Ty Halliburton went after him, and... um, Hallie just missed a bunch of them. He just shot bricks. Uh, he had sat forever. Like he went early in the early in the first round, made 31, and then sat forever. Sat for like maybe like 35 real minutes, and then had to shoot again in the finals. And he he did and he was not he did not get going early. He had a really slow start to his round. Um, Dame was really fun. He was really fun. He wore a Weber State jersey, like a custom Weber State jersey with the the markings of the previous three-point contest or the or he'd been in and then the all-star appearances he'd had. It was number one, which is the number he wore at Weber State. And it said Dalla on the back with the periods different on levels the Lord allows, which is his uh, rap persona. Um, he... He said at Media Day on Saturday, they hold NBA Media Day, and he said, I'm, I plan to win. Somebody asked him about it. It's like, I, I expect to win. What, what, what do you want? And apparently, according to um, first, Lowry Markkinen told me the media this, and then Dame later confirmed it in his media session. It's available on YouTube, on the Trailblazers YouTube channel. It's like, Dame walked into the locker room and said, yeah, I'm going to win. 
And the guys laughed. He said, no, I'm serious. Like, I'm, I'm going to win. Um, that was apparently at the urging of Dame's trainer, Phil Beckner, who wanted Dame to do what the um, what famously Larry Bird did back in the 80s when this contest was invented in 1986, when Larry Bird said, which one of y'all expletives is coming in seconds? And Damian Lord didn't quite have that Larry Bird smack talk that um, uh, Dame is... Uh, chirps a lot, but he didn't have that type of swagger walking into the locker room. He just said, I plan on winning. And then he went and won it. And winning it is not the thing that makes Dame one of the greatest shooters of all time. But winning it allows him to just say like, yeah, I mean, I've done what the great shooters do. Like Steph's got one, Steve Kerr's got one, Larry Legend's got a bunch. Like any anyone who's going to be in the convo and was like, wanted to be involved in this, Reggie Miller, like wanted to be involved in this, when I won one of these things, because this is the, this is like the, the moment, these are the, these are like, I don't think the three point contest is particularly meaningful, right? Like, I don't think it's particularly meaningful, but I do think it's like, it's just, you gotta, you gotta add it to the, you gotta add it to your, your sash. You gotta add it to your, your Boy Scout sash, right? Like you have to have, you have to earn that medal just to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I won one of the three point contests too. Like I'm, I'm, I'm there. Check the stats, check the times that, you know, you can go see me win the check, you know, check it out. You can go see me win the, win the competition, the shooting competition against other great shooters. I'm one of them. It, it's not like, um, you know, uh, Carl Anthony Towns won it last year and it was like, uh, <laughs> Like, is is Towns the greatest shooting big man of all time? No, because Dirk Nowitzki exists. Like, what what are you talking about? Um, but like, um, I think I think Dame, when this is all said and done, and he mentioned at the he mentioned at um, as well in his uh, post his post three point shootout contest the uh, interview his podium interview that he, he he thinks he can play deep into his 30s like he thinks he can be good for a long time and it's like i think so it's like you, you assume that damon Lillard is playing like one of the best players in the world at 32 is doing this at 33 and 34 and and like transitioning beyond that and playing like you know playing basketball into the, his late 30s right by then he'll like the volume's going to be wild right in fact as he ages you can assume that Dame's going to shoot more three-pointers, not less, just because of, like, how his shot diet is going to change as his, like, quickness uh, leaves him a little bit because that's how aging works. Like, he'll the shots he'll be able to get off are three-pointers. The volume's going to be wild. Like, everyone's going to keep shooting more threes. It's just going to it's gonna uptick forever until the league um, probably changes the way you are allowed to defend or whatever. But, like, he's going to have the volume. Uh, the accuracy over the last four or five seasons has been there. He's one of the elite shooters in the league. Uh, he is still like his shot charts are wild because he only takes shots from multiple steps behind the three point line. Like he takes Dame shot charts are typically like 32 footers and, or, you know, 29 footers and layups. He doesn't take anything in between. He only gets free throws on all the other shots. Like he's, it's, it's wild. He's going to be there. He's going to be one of the best um, three point shooters in the history of the league. And Damian Lord has been telling anyone who asks all year long that Steph Curry is in a class of his own. There's nobody like him. And that's true. There is nobody like Steph. But after Steph, if you are mentioning names, you are mentioning Damian Lillard. He wants you to remember that. Like legacy is important to Dame. And in fact, legacy is a thing that comes up at All-Star. And sometimes like it's LeBron James has played in 19 All-Star games and it's like, yo, what? Uh, and sometimes it's that it's that 
someone like Paul George has quietly made eight and 13 seasons, right? Like he's putting together an ex- extremely impressive career. And then sometimes it's like Dame remembering what it was like to be in the locker room for back on his first one. And he's now been seven times. And it's like, oh yeah, I've been here a lot. I want to talk about that legacy. I want to talk about um, the sort of the strangeness of All-Star giving us a chance to take stock midstream of what folks have accomplished both in the immediate term and in sort of the larger collection of their careers and share a couple things that I've enjoyed about All-Star Week and some of my favorite moments. That's what we'll do to close the show. But first, let me tell you about Built Bar. You know Built Bar because I've been telling you about it forever, for about three years. Um, Listen, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein on average in your Built Bars. They taste great. You can go to Built.com right now, use a promo code LOCKEDON15 and get 15% off at Built.com. But now you can get them in stores. They're at your local Walmart or your local Sam's Club. That's right. Head to Walmart today, walk up to the pharmacy section, grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four box of cookies and cream. You can pick a four box of double chocolate or the coconut puffs. And if you're close to a Sam's Club, you can run in right now, grab a 13 box of one of the hit flavors like brownie batter or churro. Go find out if I've been telling you the truth about Built Bars all these years and you can thank me later. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked On Blazers. When Damian Lord sits up there and says, I think I can play well into my 30s, it is a reminder of how long he's already been here because he's talking about how long he can still do it. And All-Star, in a strange way, offers us both media, whoever we are, and like fans and players, all a chance to, in the moment, reflect on what players have accomplished. Um, sort of midstream and it's a way that we don't do this during the regular season we're like obsessed with legacies like uh, we the collective we meaning me a person who talks into a microphone for some money and you person who like thinks about basketball a lot listens to me talking to a microphone all the time Uh, we care about this stuff but we don't usually take stock of it until it's like the playoffs and someone loses and we're like choker loser this guy sucks he'll always be known for that or like they win the championship and we're like goat goat oh my god the goat this is the greatest he's the greatest that ever did it no one's ever been this good bob cousy was a bum um i don't know if everyone's yelling that bob cousy was a bum (laughs) that might just be some of you uh but like it is all-star offers us this weird chance to remember or appreciate and you know if you're listening to this podcast that i'm a big um proponent of sitting sitting like trying to appreciate the moment sitting with the moment sitting with what the things that make us feel um you know warm and special and joyful right and say like this is cool as hell and hold on to that moment because they they Time is going to march inevitably forward and you are just going to be a passenger regardless of whether you are appreciating something or not. When Damon Lord spoke in Media Day on uh, on Saturday at in, in Salt Lake City, he talked about um, his first All-Star game and walking into the locker room and it was Kobe Bryant and it was Dirk Nowitzki and it was... Um, it was the old guard, a group of players that had come into the 90s. You know, Kobe Bryant's a rookie in 96. Uh, I believe uh, Dirk's the 98 draft. Like, th- these are dudes that, you know, Damian Lillard didn't graduate college until 2012. These are like, uh, these are people who are significant, like from his childhood, still around when he walks into that locker room in 2014. Uh, and 
it is special to him because now here he is, his 10th season, his seventh All-Star game, and he's saying like, Anthony Edwards walks into the locker room and he sees LeBron James and he sees, you know, um, you know, Steph Curry wasn't there, but he sees he sees Damian Lillard, he sees Giannis Antetokounmpo, he sees like a, a generation that is, a, you know, a step ahead of him. LeBron is like on another level because it's like season twenty or whatever, but um, in terms of just like age and excellence, but it is, it was gratifying for Dame to realize in the moment he was the old head, and the way that those other folks had been the old head for him that this like, oh wow. Kobe and Kobe and Dirk, those dudes, those dudes are old. Um, I covered one all-star game in person in my time when I was on the beat doing this every day. And Pau Gasol was, was in, it, like both Gasol brothers were in, were in the all-star game, but Pau was like a, it was when he was a bull is one of the seasons he made all-star in Chicago. Like he was a, he was like, it was a legacy moment that people were celebrating. And I was there to cover Wesley Matthews in the three-point contest and Damian Lord and, and LaMarcus Aldridge. And it was like, um, even then, it was like, oh, this is a generation, you know, a half generation or a full generation in Dame's case for for Powell, like ahead of, ahead of you. This is a guy who was playing like from the O2 draft. Like this is like, a, just like someone who is... Um, Someone who is from a, a, another time. LeBron's from the 03 draft. It's outrageous that he's still in the NBA. It's outrageous that he's still so good. Um, but like, it is a moment to, it was a moment for Dame to appreciate what's like, oh yeah, I'm going to be meaningful to these guys. And it was a moment for me to think, if you are a fan, and I don't want to be like fatalist or something like, I, like, I don't want to say the end is nigh. What I want to say is, it's still happening. Cherish it. It was cool as hell to see Dame as one of the best players in the league this weekend. It's special. It's special that he's still doing it. It's special that he's like outside of maybe this podcast. Because to be clear, this podcast never doubted him. Yeah, you can go check the tapes. I think I said the worst case scenario for Damian Lillard was gonna, he was going to average twenty six and six um, the, heading into the season in my preseason capsules. Like I knew he was going to be good. Um, but there was a world outside of this podcast, outside of Portland, where people were like, I don't know if we're going to see the same Dame again. He's the same Dame. He's that dude. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. It's so, it is, it is, it is not necessarily a hold on to your joy. It is a recognize how cool this is. It is, it is still so cool to have this on your favorite team, to have that guy on your favorite team. Uh, there are, you know, there's like, there are moments when, it's obvious. And then there are quiet moments. Like when Dame shoots poorly in the all-star game, it's cool to watch your favorite player shoot poorly in the all-star game because less than 10% of players, this is from Mark Stein's newsletter, less than 10% of the players who've ever played in the NBA have made an all-star game. Less than 10% of the players who've ever played in the league have made an all-star game. It's pretty rare, pretty rare. And to see someone do it seven times and play at the level they're playing, it's a reason to hold on to your joy. Here's my joyful moment from the All-Star game. I watched All-Star Saturday night. I did not watch the Friday night stuff. I didn't watch the celebrity game. I did not watch the rookie sophomore game, but I watched All-Star Saturday night. I watched all of it from the skills competition, which is they it was kind of entertaining, but it's not very good, to the three-point contest, which is just like straight up works. It's like the marquee moment of the weekend. And the dunk contest, which was saved by Mac McClung. The NBA really tried to push Mac McClung on us this weekend. He was great in the All Star game, or in the um, he was great in on Saturday night. It was great. It was great. 
He was great. Um, dude was a viral dunker in high school, wore his high school jersey to dunk and win the dunk contest. Had an incredible sense of flair, but he wasn't the only one. I thought Trey Murphy was really good in the dunk contest. I thought KJ Martin was a little bit underwhelming. I thought Jericho Sims was not good. But like, Trey Murphy was 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 straight up a very, very good dunker for someone his size. Uh, Mac McClung was awesome. Saturday night was fun. It was fun. And what I love about All-Star is while the three-point contest might be like the marquee thing, right? Uh, you know, I don't I don't think Clay and Steph are ever going to do it in, again. And I, Dame said he might, but he's going to take some time off from doing it again. So you might not get like these like guys who are the, you know, three greatest shooters in the history of the sport type of thing back in the competition. But the, it's a three-point shooting league and it's it's the competition that, you know, Jason Tatum, who might win MVP, is in and stuff like that. Like, it's 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 the special. It's more special. It's the one that's much more star-studded. But it doesn't bring out the homies. The dunk contest brings out the homies. Everyone's peers come out to watch and they bring their camcorders and they bring their kids. I thought the MVP of of All-Star Saturday Night for me was Jose Alvarado's daughter. You know who loved watching her dad's co-workers dunk? Was Jose Alvarado's daughter. And Julius Randle's kids. And uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo's son. And like, it is fun as heck to see guys throw down big dunks. And their peers go nuts for them on the sidelines. Some of them dress like straight up cartoon characters because of the way modern fashion works. And to have their kids with them. That stuff is really fun to me and really sweet. And a reminder of how joyous basketball can be and why we love it. Because there is something enthralling and intoxicating about a cool slam dunk. And while I am disappointed that Shaden Sharp wasn't involved... Um, for his own personal choices, the dunk contest was great, and it was fan- it would have been it would have been made more fun for me personally with Shaden Sharp involved. But I was able to get past that and enjoy it, and enjoy watching NBA dudes love watching dunks, and NBA dudes kids love watching dunks because that's the pureness of basketball. We love this stuff, and so when Sunday night was such a dud, I said to myself, you know what? I'm good at being <laughs> pessimistic like this. I'm good at it. I'm good at it. I know what I do on the pod. I'm good at it. But I'm not going to let that I'm not going to let that jade take over. I'm going to say this. All-Star weekend could use a little bit of a reviving, a revamping um like I don't need to see Guillermo and Janelle Monet play basketball on Friday night, but some people enjoy that and let's let's go for it. Shout out to DK Metcalf. But I love, like, at its heart, I still love this stuff. And that's why I want the All-Star game to be better. And I thought All-Star Saturday Night with the three-point contest and the dunk contest was fun. And it was a reminder of how fun this stuff can be. I was, you guessed it, holding on to my joy. Because I said Saturday was fun. Let's not let Sunday ruin it. That's the thesis here. Some stuff stinks. So when you see things that are great, when you are appreciating the greatness of the players you love. It was uh, Nikola Jokic's birthday, and he told my friend Katie Heindel that he doesn't like to celebrate his birthday because it was a reminder that he is getting older. He hopes it ends quickly so he doesn't have to dwell on it. Let's not dwell on it, Nikola. 
let's move past it and hold on to the joy that we found, which was Jose Alvarado's daughter screaming and smiling because everyone on earth can appreciate the joyous moment of an awesome dunk. Whatever you love, hold on to it tightly. I appreciate you listening. Got more podcasts the rest of the week. Talk a little about Damian Lillard. Uh, Got a a couple good mailbag questions to discuss, and we will look ahead to the second half of the Blazers season, the stretch run after the All-Star break. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.